This is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us, and I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Good morning. Let's try it again. Good morning. Thank you. I uh, do want to say that I am passionate about the subject that I'm talking about today. Uh, Back in 1983, anyone here that wasn't even born in 83? Ah, you guys. You don't know nothing. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. Um, In the... Back in those days, the, in the evangelical church, not just certain denominations, but the evangelical church, uh, Sunday night was like very important. And when anyone would even think about canceling Sunday night services, ooh, oh, bad things were said about them. They're going down the hill spiritually. And so in 83, I canceled Sunday night services and, and started small group ministry. Uh, I have become even more passionate about it. I, I believe that, as, as Devin said in the New Testament, house to house and in the temple is the way God really wants to reach the world, our neighborhoods and the people that we live with. So, so uh, just so you'll know, just so you know, right up front from the get-go, the purpose of this message is to nudge everyone in this place toward joining one of our connect groups, which will launch next week. And throughout the week, I've asked the Holy Spirit to help me communicate in a way that would you would see the importance of Christ followers having relationship with other Christ followers. It's important. So no surprise tactics being used this morning, no trickery, just straightforward. (laughs) You need to be in a connect group. So, everyone in the house, do you get it? Okay, that's where I'm coming from, and I just asked Uncle Uncle Sam to help me a bit. The title of the message is The Encouragement Connection. For the last three weeks, Pastor Devin's been talking to us about the New Testament principle to love one another. Have you ever noticed how many one another commands there are in scriptures? In the New Testament, if you combine the one another's along with to each other, you'll find 59 of them. And so I just randomly picked a few. Listen to some of them. Accept one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Be kind to one another. That would be a good one to have in our homes. Amen? Be devoted to one another. Serve one another. Be patient, bearing with one another. And yes, encourage one another. And that's the one we want to land on today. Remember the old cowboy song, Oh, Give Me a Home. Where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Come on, sing it with me. 
Home, home. Ooh, that's good. Yes, where's Seth? A discouraging word. And the skies are not cloudy all day. Give yourselves a hand. That was awesome. Can you imagine living in an environment where you seldom ever hear a discouraging word? There were two buffalo roaming the range, or whatever they do out there on the range. And suddenly out of nowhere, a cowboy rides up on his horse. He dismounts and he points to the buffalo and he says to his horse, Those are the two of the ugliest creatures God ever put on the face of the earth. Their bodies are misproportioned. They're mangy. And dear Lord, do they stink. And with that, he got back up on his horse and he rode into the sunset. And one buffalo turned the other and said, I think we just heard a discouraging word. Let me give you some different words for that old tune. Oh, give me a church where the folks in the lurch are encouraged and healed from above. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word and the truth is modeled in love. The text for today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 13. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God? Listen to this. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of the Lord because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. I believe God wants his church to be a community of encouragers. In sharing life together, as brothers and sisters, we are called to this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews 3.13 Encourage one another daily. Daily. Paul wrote that before there was Facebook. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The New Testament Greek word for encouragement contains the idea of being called alongside another. One of the things, one of the things this cold weather has done for many people has exposed the weaknesses of their batteries in their cars. Have you ever 
gotten in your car on a cold morning, turned the key and heard that horrible sound, click, click, click. It always comes at the most inconvenient time, doesn't it? Do you know what that car needs? Some encouragement. You need someone to pull their car alongside, connect their working battery with jump cables to your weak and dead battery. Now nothing changes in your car, nothing. But with the direct infusion of power from your friend's car, the weakness is overcome and after a while your car is able to function on its own. Listen, we Christians often need to connect with the strength of others in order to get started or to keep going in difficult circumstances. That's why the writer of Hebrews used the word daily, daily. We need someone to come alongside and give us a jump. I got to tell you, folks, I'm here today by God's grace and power. And I'm here today because there were people Incredible people who loved me at times when I wasn't so lovable. Who believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself. Who took time to come alongside and share their life with me. I remember as a six-year-old, there was a, a fellow by the name of Lewis Crenshaw. My dad was planning a church. It's a little church in Christiansburg. Ohio, don't be fooled by the name, it was one of the most evil places I ever lived. <laughs> they used to take me out at recess at school and beat me up and call me the Holy Roller Kid. Lewis Crenshaw came to our town and preached a two-week revival. Can you imagine, two weeks? And I was so... Uh, drawn in to what I sensed from that man when he stood in the pulpit. It was the first time ever, as a six-year-old, first time ever that I thought, man, would I love to do that. I just, he was just awesome. And then he would say during the day, he'd say, hey, Ronnie, come on, let's take a walk. And he'd let me talk and run my little mouth about all kinds of stuff. And I remember... Here's some, back in those days, man, the evangelists, not like today, not flying in. Woo! They were, we took him down to the Greyhound bus station. And I remember as a six-year-old just crying my head off when he stepped on that bus. It was like, I love him so much. And then through the years, God brought in a, a godly woman by the name of Gail Harris. And I remember the day she said to me for the very first time, Ron Webb? You are anointed of God. People through the years at times when you wanted to give up on yourself, but they wouldn't let you. A guy named Dan Betzer. Dear Lord, how I love that man. Who saw in me what I didn't see. I remember one time we were doing a live television program and he had said to me on the way over to the studio, I want you to take us off the air today. And I said, Dan, I can't do that. But please, I can't do that. You know what he would do? He would, he would try to push me out, and then he would create a situation and just throw me out of the nest and see how it worked. And so we were coming down to the end. I remember we were sitting there on the couch, and we are chatting back and forth. And he does this. Hey, Webb, look at the old clock on the wall. It's uh, coming down to two minutes. 
and we'll be done for another day. Why don't you take us off the air today? That was the longest two minutes of my life. I don't even remember what I said. I knew that my ears were red. (laughs) My throat was dry. And I thought they would, as they were counting, I thought they would never come to the end. But he believed in me. And then there was this gal that came along in my life. Her name was Dreama Henson. Well, it's Dreama Webb now for 45 years. I remember when serving with Dan Betzer as his associate, and he went to headquarters then. And so I thought, man, I've got to get a job. <clears throat> I'm not an AG guy, Assemblies of God guy. They don't know me, so I've got, I've got to get a job. And, uh, and I'll never forget, the head of the board came to me and said, uh, Ron, would you consider being pastor of the church? I almost laughed out loud. What? I couldn't imagine stepping in the pulpit behind him. I remember calling up Dreama and said, hey, babe, you're going to laugh when I tell you this. You're not going to believe this. They just asked me to be pastor of this church. And without hesitation, she said, well, I've known that for a long time. I didn't. Never crossed my mind. Think of the encouragers in your life that came along and believed in you. Don't ever forget those people. What I encourage you to do is every once in a while where you're reading Scripture and they come to mind, write their name down in the margin of the Scripture. Those are people God used to do something for you. As Christians, how do we encourage one another? How can we help each other develop what God has instilled within us that we don't even see yet? How can we assist one another in times of personal struggle or even defeat? Today from our text, I want to look at two specific ways we can be an encouragement to others. How can I be an encouragement? Number one, be a source of joy. Look at verse 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Paul basically says, dear friends, you are a source of joy in my life. I can't thank God enough for all the joy you bring to my life. First of all, it's an obvious fact. It's simply this. You can't experience the joy that God has planned for your life through Christian friendship if you aren't connected. If there's no relationship, there is going to be an obvious lack of joy if your fellowship and relationship is limited to looking at the back of the head of the person in front of you on Sunday. The joy that Paul is speaking about comes from being in relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And a valid question to ask ourselves here is, am I a source of joy to my brothers and sisters in Christ? Some of us may need to ask, am I a source of joy to my wife? My husband? The place where I work? I mean, when a brother or sister see you coming toward them, do they think to themselves, well, here's some joy about to happen in my life? They ought to. You say, well, I just don't, I don't feel it today. I just want to camp on this for just a little bit, and we'll get back to the subject. I, you know, I, I just don't feel joy. Those of us that have been born from above by the Spirit of God, the Bible says that God, the one who said, let there be light, and there was light, took up residence inside your body. 
It's, it's Christ in us that's the hope of glory. I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. That's scripture. He lives in us. You have an option. I don't feel like it. So, get over it. You have a power residing inside you to choose to draw from the power that created what we call the earth. He lives in us. And I choose, I choose to draw from his joy. It's his joy that lives inside me. You can make that choice. How can we be a source of joy? Verse 9 is the pivotal verse in this text. It points to the preceding verses and the joy that was derived from Timothy's report. And it points to the verses following that include Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians. Timothy had returned from his trip and brought back a glowing report of what God was, God was doing. And Paul says that all that Timothy reported had brought him joy. And from Timothy's report, we learn how we can be encouraged by the common joy that we have in Christ Jesus. First, by sharing your faith and love. Sharing your faith and love. Paul describes their faith and love as good news. This is the only place in the New Testament where good news is not uh, translated as the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He's saying, I'm having incredible joy because of the good news that Timothy brought about your faith. Why would Paul be encouraged by their faith? Because he was concerned that somehow Satan might have tempted these new believers and drawn them away from Christ. The good news from Timothy is that the believers were standing strong. We rejoice, do we not, when people come to Christ and accept Christ. You know, on Sunday mornings, when Pastor Devin says, bow your heads, and it's almost every Sunday when an appeal is made for people to accept Christ into their life and people respond. That is incredible joy. But listen, it doesn't end there. There's a walk that's concerned. There is this following Christ. And it ought to be a joy to a fellowship when you see brothers and sisters that are growing together in Christ. I mean, do you have a small group of people that you are in relationship with that you can share your growth in Christ with and they can share their growth in Christ with you? Because if you don't, you are missing out on so much of the joy that it is in serving Christ. You're living on the peripheral edge. I encourage you, get with some people. Sharing together in spiritual growth with brothers and sisters, it's an incredible joy. A second joy, a source of joy, is that we see in our text comes uh, being able, number two, to, uh, of sh to share our memories we share our memories. What did Paul say in verse 6? He talks about the pleasant memories they share together. And once again, you can't share pleasant memories if you don't do the things together that create pleasant memories. In our family, through the years of raising our kids, Dreama was known as the memory maker. And she would, she would create all kinds of things to She'd say, create memories. And as she would share another idea, the kids would all say, Mom, is this another one of your memory maker ideas? 
And of course, every memory maker event had to be documented with 127 pictures and video. Anyone here know what I'm talking about? Yeah, one more picture? Come on. One of the reasons I feel sorry for believers who choose to stay on the peripheral edge of relationship within the household of faith is they miss out on the joy of making incredible memories. Some of the best memories of my life were made with Christian friends sharing life together. Some are funny. Some of the, and listen, church, well, the reason why it's so funny is because normally you're not looking for funny things to happen in church. So when it happens, it's hilarious. <laughs> my dad pastored this church, um, and I was a kid, and um, there was a guy named. Jim Baird, his wife's name was Elizabeth. They, everyone called her Lizzie. And he always, he sat on this side, Jenna, right about where you are. And it was these long wooden pews. And no cushions, like y'all are joined today. And he would put his elbow, you know, where the end of the pew comes and it curves down like that. He would put his elbow right there and go to sleep. By the middle of dad's sermon, he was totally out. And one Sunday, his elbow slipped off. And he went right out on all fours in the aisle. And as he went down, there was a hot water radiator, something like that. And remember, they covered them with metal. And when he hit it, it went... And other people that were sleeping woke up then too. And they all turned. And then, here's what he did. Instead of just getting up and sitting down, he tried to be cool. You know when we take a movie and we run it backwards and forwards? It was like he did a backward thing. He just went straight up and right into the pew and sat down like he thought no one saw him. <laughs> and I, I couldn't hold it together. I, I, you know when you try to hold it and then it explodes? It was <laughs> unbelievable. Dad had to just stop. Just, I think service was over at that point. But there are things in, you know when you're doing ministry that are so funny. My memories, some are sad. Sometimes working with people and loving people can bring sad things. Some are serious, others lighthearted. But I gather joy and encouragement from my memories because they draw from the times I had together with friends and Christian fellowship. And the greatest joy, listen, in the world is doing ministry together. Now, Connect Church is in its infancy. But we already have a truckload of memories of doing ministry together. Remember the day we gathered at Devon and Ashley's and broke down pallets all day? Dear Lord, it was so hot. And there must have been a hundred pallets. That's what it seemed like to me. And now we see the boards from those pallets right here. Over here. Over here, they're all over the place. In fact, in fact, when you came in today, to the right where you were supposed to put eggs and candy, it's one of those, and they didn't even stain it. It's just the good old palate right there. <laughs> we did that together. And fun, Lord, we laughed, had all kinds of blisters the next day. 
I remember another hot day. One of, one of, the, times we, one of the times we served the Mount Juliet football game, serving meals and water, taking tickets, and the concession stand, cleaning up, serving our community. It was a blast. How about all the days and nights getting ready to have the first service in this building? The dream. I remember those days where you get a little frightened and desperate. You have no, you keep trying. I'd go with Devin to some of those places and literally beg, could we have service here? No, no. And then finally, there was a breakthrough. Remember the day, you guys, a lot of you gathered here. I remember Barry brought his tractors and all that kind of stuff. We started cleaning this place up, working so hard. And then the day finally came. And we're saying, I wonder if anyone will show up. And this place filled up that day. I can't explain to you the joy. And it was shared joy. It's always multiplied joy when there's other people involved. Dear ones, if you're not involved like that with people, believers, you're missing so much of what God has planned for you. I encourage you. See what God will do if you're willing to step out. Take a step. But in order to have great memories that bring great joy, you have to be in relationship. You have to develop friendships. Proverbs 18.24 says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and I know I've heard it and I've said it myself. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's true. But I'm thankful that during my pilgrimage... God has brought into my life some friends, some flesh and blood who have been there and have stuck closer and been more supportive than a brother. And the memories we share, the good times, the tough times bring joy to my life. And thirdly, we are a source of joy by sharing our life with others. Verse 8, for now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Why was Paul so encouraged? Why was he so filled with joy? Because his life was bound up in the lives of the people there in that Thessalonian church. And he was overjoyed to find out that his friends had kept the faith. They were standing firm. They were sticking with what he had taught them. Proverbs 10.25 When the storm is swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. 2 Corinthians 1.21 Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. When you stand firm, I stand firm because we are in this together. We're connected. Brothers and sisters, it's true. Together is better. Being connected is better. I really begin to experience life to its fullest, not just when I'm following Christ, but when I'm encouraged by the lives of those who are standing firm with me. Paul says that's when you begin to understand what it means to really live. Great joy comes from sharing life together. Number one, we give encouragement by being a source of joy. Number two, we give encouragement by being a source of prayer. How many remember the cartoon character Dennis the Menace? Some of you young people, you're saying, Dennis who? How many do you do? You know, when I say Dennis Menace, you know what I'm talking about. 
Well, Dennis the Menace is a little boy, a, a cartoon character who makes life miserable for everyone in his life. He's living out his terrible two-stage to the max. He's gone over into his third and fourth year and still going strong. And one cartoon showed him kneeling at his bedside, hands folded, his eyes looking toward heaven. With an imploring look on his face, he prays, I'm here to turn myself in. Listen, when we pray for each other, it's not to turn each other in. It's to turn each other over into the hands of a mighty God. Brothers and sisters, as encouragers, we intercede for each other in prayer. That's what Paul did for the Thessalonians. I want to read it to you again, verses 10 to 13. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase. What a prayer. And overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. There is nothing, nothing more encouraging to me than knowing that people are praying on my behalf. Could I say it this way? That they are making an appeal to God for me. Wow. I mean, someone comes up and says to you, Robbie, this week, I made an appeal to God for you. You tell me that doesn't affect you? What kind of an appeal should we make for each other? First, we can make an appeal for mature faith. Paul prayed that we would be able to supply what is lacking in these Christians' faith. The word supply literally means to restore, equip, or complete. In the context here, it means completeness. Remember, these are new Christians. And they're, they're doing a great job. But there's still something lacking. They need to mature in their walk with Christ. But then don't we all? I mean, is there anyone here today that wants to stand and say... I've made it. I've reached complete maturity in Christ. There's nothing left for me to improve on. I have arrived. Anyone want to do that? If you do, stand on your chair because we want to look at perfection. How many could use a little prayer? Uh huh. How many would love to have someone praying that you will become all you can be in Christ? Would it encourage you? Yes. And as a source of prayer, secondly, we can appeal for increasing love. That's what this month has been all about. And it's, int it's interesting that Paul prays not only that their love for each other would increase to the point of overflowing, but they would also have love for everyone. For those outside the church. Your neighbors, fellow employees, fellow students, yes, even strangers. My appeal to God is not, only, not only includes a request that you would love those in the church, it also involves an appeal for you to love those whom you do not know. Your prayer for me should be not only that I would love you, but that I would love the person I will meet on the street this week. It's a prayer that we would be delivered from that attitude of bless us for and no more. How many see that in the text? And thirdly, there's an appeal for a strengthened heart. There's a story 
that there was a man who had a heart transplant, but the operation was a total failure because the man was mean and the heart was kind heart and his body simply rejected it. The Bible tells us, however, of a heart transplant that was successful. Listen to this. Ezekiel 11, verses 19 and 20. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. When Paul prays that we will be holy and blameless at the coming of Christ, he is praying that we would continue to walk in the path set before us. That we would continue to live lives that are pleasing to Christ. That our hearts would become strong like the heart of Jesus. So in closing, could we take a few moments to just ask ourselves a few questions? To do a quick self-examination. Let me ask you, am I a source of joy for the people around me? Am I a source of joy for the people around me? One of my favorite words is winsomeness. Am I winsome? What that means? Are people attracted to me because of the joy that comes from me? Dear Lord, you're born from above by the Spirit of God. One of these days he's going to take us out of here. We're going to live life together forever in heaven. Why shouldn't we be joyful and winsome? Another question. Do I share my faith and love? Do I share my life with others? Do I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ on a regular basis? Do I appeal to God for their faith, for increased love, for a strengthened heart? Am I in relationship with a small group where all the above can happen? If not, I have a great suggestion. I think Uncle Sam is right. I think I have a great solution. You need to be in a connect group. Paul told the Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity. I'm offering you an awesome opportunity today to get connected, to experience the joy of sharing life together with a small group of Christian friends, and I pray that you will seize it. Can you say amen? Turn the service back over to my boy. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at 10.30 a.m. right next to Wilson Central High School. Or check us out online at connectchurchtn.com. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.